When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Glad you're along with us on this Tuesday morning. Traders are back in action in Chicago, but I'm afraid the numbers right now in the red ink. Talking about that with John Heinberg, our market advisor from Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. The announcement yesterday came that China's gross domestic product growth had weakened to just 3%. That's part of the reason why the red ink is showing up this morning. I'll tell you what's showing up this morning. More moisture around the state of Wisconsin. Our forecast is for today, some morning showers will warm up to around 38 degrees for this Tuesday. Still plenty of clouds around. Wednesday, cloudy skies and 37. Thursday, possibility of snow at 70%. 34 are expected high on Thursday. Friday, cloudy skies and 28. Saturday, Partly sunny, thank goodness, and 30 degrees. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has our weather details on the way. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month, they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. You know, there are a lot of people across the state of Wisconsin that may not have been involved in FFA, but definitely support that youth organization. This morning, we're focused in on the upcoming Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention. It's coming up in February, and our own Jill Wilkie had a chance to visit with the executive director of the Wisconsin FFA Alumni Association, Cheryl Steinbeck. Cheryl says that right now, momentum is building for a big event coming to southeast Wisconsin. We're really excited that we have our 43rd annual convention and um, annual meeting that will be happening February 3rd and 4th at the Milwaukee Marriott, which is in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And we've got a great convention weekend planned for members. And just checked this morning, our registration is over 250. So we're very excited about providing the opportunities for the people. We're going to kick it off Friday morning. Our council comes in and we have our our annual meeting that we... um, we meet quarterly, and then we also meet once a year at the convention just to make sure that we're on track with everything that we need to be planning as far as our activities throughout the year. And then registration is going to kick off at 11 a.m., and people can come in. We've got a tour scheduled, which the tours are actually full now, so we really um, had a great response to that. They're going to go over to the Mitchell Domes in Milwaukee there to see all the opportunities. There's the Flower Show Dome, there's a Desert Dome, and a tropical dome so they're going to spend some time there and then when they get finished they're going to head over to the American Family Field for a tour of the stadium to to see what's going on. We'll be having people come in all afternoon and be providing um, donations and things for our auction. We're going to kick off Friday night. We've got a nice buffet um, that everyone can participate in and then of course it's followed by an auction of various items that are donated by individuals and businesses and chapters. And then we have Tim O'Grady, who is a musician from the area, that is going to be performing for us that evening. So it should be just a really nice, relaxing chance for everybody to to socialize and, and help support us because our auctions are a big fundraiser for us, too. And yours truly is registered to go. 
but you have some educational stuff happening too. So what's that all about? Yep. Well, Saturday morning, we start right away with our opening session and we have our meetings that we have the individual sections meet and then they get together in larger groups so that the sections that are planning the next upcoming conventions get a chance to, to gather and share some information. And then we also have a big annual meeting that'll be held in the noon on our lunchtime where we are going to be looking at our current bylaws and making some changes there as well as electing our new vice president. And then that is followed by an afternoon full of all kinds of workshops. And that's what you're talking about as far as opportunities for people. We're going to have a, a speaker that's going to talk about the wooden barn quilts, you know, how you can make one of those or learn some history about that quilt process. Um, there's one called volunteerism, and they're going to talk about the four A's about working to be a better volunteer. Um, because we all know that as we get busy in our work lives, volunteering takes extra time. So some strategies to be a better volunteer. Advocacy, how you can help explain agriculture and the value of agriculture education in FFA and the school programs and education-wise. There's going to be some resources available there for people that are local leaders if they want some help with rosters or tax information and things like that. The national FFA alumni leader Allie Ellis is going to be there also to provide some resources for us. Uh, there's one called I'm alumni member now what and we're excited it's going to share with you the ways that you can be involved you know we're going to also do a networking activity that's going to be involved in the morning with those section workshops where there's really four roles of being an alumni member you can be an advocate you can be a volunteer you can be a donor or you can be a mentor or you can be all four one or two you know whatever but when you look at what your role is not everybody has time to do things so they maybe provide the financial resources, but maybe they don't have the financial resources, but they could mentor like a CDE team and things like that. So we're going to do a really cool networking event so we can share ideas on how you can be a better member. There's also going to be a workshop from Reflow Environmental Programming where they're going to talk about the new environmental engineering program that they have. The state FFA officers are going to be offering a couple workshops. So it's kind of like when they go to the schools and the students get to do chapter visits, you get to have your own in little interaction with them. One is going to be shooting for growth and the other one is going to be um, citing in on social media. So it'll help alumni how they can utilize um, those resources to be better members as well. We also are going to have a speaker there from Milwaukee Vincent. The ag program that they have is exceptional so they're going to highlight some of the things that they do there being an inner city how they actually bring the farm right to the school. And then we're going to look at um, who's missing in the FFA alumni and supporters. So we make sure that we provide an opportunity for everybody to know that there is a role, whether you were an FFA or not, there's something for you to do in the alumni so you can help, help out and be a valuable resource to support them. So those are all excellent um, workshops that we got planned. That'll culminate then at the end of those, the, the state FFA officer team will do their annual reflections program, which is always inspirational for our alumni members, you know, just to reflect on things that have happened in the year and, and, and how valuable life is. And then we'll have our evening banquet where we'll be giving out numerous awards from outstanding chapters and some individuals that will be recognized as well. And then that'll be followed again by another auction um, where we actually highlight baskets or in items. And this year it's going to be painting stuff that the past state officer team had at their state convention. They always donate it to our auction and then that money proceeds goes to the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. So we're really excited to see what they're going to be providing for us this year. 
And then the end of the evening is going to be something a little different. We're really excited about a little surprise. We've got a, a couple of gentlemen that have worked really hard and, and they debuted and they're going to give us some surprise entertainment. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Where do you come up with all the ideas to do these different workshops? Each year we have a, a, their, a annual committee, and the committee this year is, is sections 4, 5, and 10, and they are working together to organize their, the things that they want. So next year there's another group. And so each group has their own individual. Obviously the annual meeting and, and the concept that we have workshops and section meetings, that's standard, but as far as what they want to offer is, is planned strictly by those volunteers. Now the council members from each of the sections serve on the committees, but we also have a lot of volunteers who are not council members. They're just regular, ordinary alumni members at the local level that wanna support. So they get together, they've been meeting, now this group's been planning for three years. So when I say we get together and, and we plan, it's not something that happens overnight. So they've been working three, three years on this, but they have individual groups that take on the workshops, another group that'll take on the tours, and you know, just overall, everything that we're gonna offer, they, they share their ideas. Obviously, if there's a special area of concern or something that the council sees that we wanna be emphasizing as well, we reach out to them and, and uh, let them know that we maybe have a special need or an interest in a specific area too. So these workshops are really fit for the area or fit for the need. Exactly. And so we realize that every FFA alumni member maybe has a different interest, maybe has a different need. You know, some people are very actively engaged. Some people, I'll be honest with you, come down to our convention because it's their weekend away. They get their chance just because they want to have a chance to, you know, have some fun and, and do some networking. So maybe they're wanting just to learn something new or see something that's of interest. So we try to provide something for everybody. In order to put on this convention, you guys need to do some fundraising. You talked a little about your auctions. Kind of in a nutshell, what do you guys do to put all this together? We do a, a solicitation earlier in the year um, for the sponsorship. We have people that can contribute at various different levels, all the way up to our diamond sponsors of $2,500. So they can give a little bit or a lot. And some of the businesses are repeat um sponsors for us and then depending on where it's located sometimes they only want to help us out if it's in their area so we have a, a long list of sponsors that contribute to help cover a lot of the costs that we have um, initially and then we fundraise at the actual convention like i said we have the two uh, auctions that evening that generates funds for us that allows us to conduct some of our business during the year but a couple of years ago, we realized we're close to 30,000 members across the state now, and we need to provide an opportunity for everybody to be allowed to support us. So in, in doing that, we started an online auction as well that we hold now every fall, and so that generates money for us. Um, we get items that our businesses donated or individuals donate, and then we run that for two weeks, and that raises funds for us. We also have like 50-50s sometimes at convention, or maybe they do a drawing bucket. We've got raffle licenses to run all kinds of raffle events, and we also have ongoing raffle that's a yearly raffle if we, if we want to offer that. This convention is coming up pretty soon. So when is it and where is it again? Friday and Saturday, February 3rd and 4th of 2023, just around the corner. And it's at the Milwaukee Marriott West, which is in Waukesha. It's just off the exit, so it's really easy to find. It's all in sheltered in one building, and it's just going to be a great time. We're really looking forward to it. And that was Cheryl Steinbach. She's the executive director for the Wisconsin FFA Alumni.
And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven day, no questions asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Honest to goodness, and mud is kind of the key phrase around the state of Wisconsin this morning. Time to talk about it. Not just mud, but what's coming up. Stu Mike, our ag meteorologist along with us. I'll tell you, boy, I am... I'm running out of towels. My Sheltie boys are out there like they're soccer or rugby players. And uh, they they actually have scuffed up the yard pretty good, just sliding, gliding around. You know, it's it, there's kind of like, I question how deep the frost is right now. Well, when you step out in some spots, you wonder if there's any. I think yeah. you're on a, on a good tack there. Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, honestly, now it sounds like snow coming in. But not necessarily temperatures that are going to firm that ground up much, hey? No, no, that's not going to be a part of it. I mean, as we expect to talk about some snow, especially looking toward Wednesday night and into the day Thursday, uh, we're still looking at a temperature just around freezing. So, you know, we're not going to freeze that ground up before we put some snow cover on it. But I do expect there will be some snow cover out of this. A little colder air coming in after that, but nothing drastic. Still around freezing. We should, right now, be looking for a normal daytime high of only about 27 degrees. And I'm talking low 30s, pretty much for the upper high, the daytime high, as we head through the rest of this week or even into early next week. So not a very cold snap, not going to freeze up that muddy cover we've made. Now, we do need to look at low pressure 
pulling east of Wisconsin this morning, taking some of the rain along with it. A little narrow band of rain from uh, Old West Bend, that area, down towards south of Madison. Some activity up in the Fox Valley. A little rain-snow mix north of La Crosse this morning, but that low is going to pull further east and northeast and away from us, and we will start to dry it up. Not that it's going to get sunny and dry and wonderful, though. The clouds hold on, and the next low will build in from the west. We expect it to head from Nebraska up toward northern Missouri, southern Iowa, and then towards southern Wisconsin, meaning snow. That's why the winter weather advisory is in effect from 6 p.m. Wednesday until 3 p.m. Thursday, and that does include areas that are right close to home. How about that? Columbia, Sauk, Marquette, Green Lake County, of course, uh, Juno, Adams, Monroe, and La Crosse, and areas to the north, Buffalo, Trempeleau, everybody falling under that advisory as we head to midweek, and the wintry weather is most likely going to begin to build on in. There's a system predict projecting to see some snowfall, and it would appear that as we look toward La Crosse and Mauston, pretty easy, some four to eight inch amounts of snow. And then we see a little difference. Madison may be kind of the line where the heavy snow stays further north. Maybe the rain will be just a bit further to the southeast. Still really depends on how the storm exactly moves in. But I don't think quite as much snow when you look toward eastern Wisconsin or in the south. But there could be more wet precipitation. And even where I'm not saying a whole lot of snow, it's going to be that very wet, sloppy snow, the heavy stuff, what you have to be extremely careful with, with cleanup, and, of course, just getting around in. I'll have forecast details right after this. Dairy policy reform is being talked about, but what kind of a timetable is it on? We asked Rick Adamski, Government Relations Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, what he thinks that timetable is on our Farmers Union Minute. It's very urgent, and that's why WFU is dedicated to raising it continuously. Dairy legislation and how it's enacted, how it's implemented, is critical for the future of Wisconsin. There is a benefit in having a broad diversity of agriculture, and right now it seems like we are at a competitive disadvantage. The economies of scale of agriculture are being uh, conflicted or compromised by uh, market power. Market power is interpreted as economies of scale, and uh, there is no effort to make a difference. I want to increase the focus on family farm agriculture so that there is a future for a diverse, resilient agriculture in Wisconsin. Rick Adamski on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute. All righty, Stu, let's uh, get that forecast going then. All right, we'll look at a little fog this morning, some sprinkles, flurries, a brief rain shower. Most of that should taper off and end as we head through the afternoon. Not going to add a whole lot of additional precipitation, but of course, cloudy skies and temps in the upper 30s with the west winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. Cloudy overnight, we drop down closer to 30, west winds 5 to 15. Mostly cloudy Wednesday, mid-30s with northwest winds 5 to 10 becoming east. That winter storm watch, 6 p.m. Wednesday till 3 p.m. Thursday. Rain and snow showers in the south, snow in the west Wednesday night, last end of the day Thursday. I'd expect Thursday's temps just above freezing, 33 or better. Northeast winds 5 to 15. Like I said, for snowfall, Pam, 4 to 8, La Crosse and Mauston. A lot of the rest of us, 2 to 4 inches, but could have a little more rain with it, and that sloppy, wet stuff is certainly going to be around. Wow. Yee. All right. I guess uh, we'll see what we get. And deal with it when it gets here. Talk to you tomorrow morning and get a better bead on exactly how much is coming in, okay? 
Sounds good. We'll see you then. All right. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for, at least for right now. And like I said, as the weather unfolds, don't forget, use our Midwest Farm Report talk text line. That number again, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. Some of you have been uh, good enough to let me know what's been going on. Kyle down by Evansville, six-tenths of an inch of moisture. So we're still getting some of that. Now it's likely to change. Again, anytime you want to talk to me, direct 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Wisconsin farmers, you know that when it comes to corn success, it's yield first and everything else second. And in 2022 independent trials, Dairyland Seed brought the yield like no other all across the Badger State. We're talking 45 top five finishes, 24 top three finishes, and 12 first place finishes. So when you're making the critical decision on what to plant this year, look no further than the seed proven to outperform. Dairyland Seed. Find the corn hybrids bringing the most yield in your area at DairylandSeed.com. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers.
know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchOfDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, I know you're not a fan of letting pitchers pitch, Ben, but what about letting pitchers get paid? Especially a Cy Young pitcher. Rowdy, what's happening with Corbin Burns? Well, the Milwaukee Brewers, this has been duly noted all offseason, they've signed one Major League Baseball player to a contract. That was Wade Miley for about $4.5 million. At the time of that signing, the estimated team payroll was about $115.5 million. Well, they had about 14 players that were arbitration eligible and they actually came to agreements with all but one that one being Corbin Burns and they actually saved about three and a half million towards their projected payroll through not going to arbitration with their uh, players so their their average a, a projected payroll is now about 112 million well Corbin Burns filed at just over 10 million or sorry Corbin Burns filed at $10.8 million. The Milwaukee Brewers filed at just over $10 million. Yeah. It's a difference of $740,000. <laughs> but here's the big thing. Why are you haggling for less than a million dollars with your Cy Young pitcher, the ace of your staff, and the guy that most fans would like to see you lock up because he's the closest thing you have to generational talent? Let's see, here's a third of an inning away from qualifying for the Cy Young because his manager wouldn't let him pitch. Then well, he won the Cy Young, and then he was in the Cy Young race, top five, top four? If you go back and look at, at Corbin Byrd's career arc, he was a kid drafted by the Brewers, a lot of high hopes, became a minor league pitcher of the year, 
came up in 2018 when they were in the midst of that uh, playoff run to pitch not only out of the bullpen, but make spot starts and look really good. Then remember 2019 is when they threw him, Peralta, and Woodruff 100% into the rotation, Mm -hmm. and he still had the good stuff. He wasn't locating. He had to go change a few things. He goes to the pitching lab because, remember, he got demoted all the way to double-A in 2019. Yep. He'd go to the lab. 2020 comes back in that shortened season is literally like an out or two away from qualifying for the Cy Young. They didn't get him. There. I think it was one out away. 2021, he wins the Cy Young, and now he's right back in the mix in 2022. There's been countless number of times where he's had perfect games and no hitters where he gets pulled. Yep. There's been a number of games in which it's a close competitive game where back in the day, it's not even a thought. Nope, he gets pulled. Your big time pitcher is going to pitch out of it. Nope, he's getting nope. pulled. We'll just have a seat right and here. When you look at him and Brandon Woodruff, the Brewers, well, they've settled with Woody out of arbitration and they gave Brandon Woodruff a $4 million raise. What they offered Corbin Burns was like $3.8 million raise. Now, if you look at those two, because they're clearly your best two pitchers, you have Corbin Burns, who has been basically in the Cy Young mix since 2020, and he's won an award. He's one of three Milwaukee Brewers to ever win a Cy Young award. Yep. He has been the ace of your staff and the best pitcher. He is younger than Brandon Woodruff. The only thing Brandon Woodruff actually has on Corbin Burns at this point is slightly more service time. Now, there has been some scuttlebutt in the organization Ooh, the scuttlebutt. that... Corbin Burns and the Brewers front office are butting heads because Corbin Burns wants a new deal. He wants money. He wants to be paid. Yeah. Obviously the Milwaukee Brewers are going to run him down on arbitration because that's the Milwaukee Brewers. They're not interested in paying a lot of money. They don't have to pay. It's small market. Makes sense. But I feel like this has become personal because if you were to give Brandon Woodruff, who everybody likes, he's a clubhouse guy. A $4 million raise. Wouldn't you say at a minimum you're giving Corbin Burns a $4 million raise? They're at the same exact year of arbitration. They're on their third year of arbitration. Both have one more. Corbin Burns has arguably been better for the last three years. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that it'd probably be fair and you could easily talk both sides and be like, well, we're giving Brandon $4 million. We'll give you $4 million. It, if you weren't going to give him more than like, that. Hey, you want to sign young for us, you know, uh, it's, it's literally, they came in and lowballed him even on that yeah. by 200 grand. Yeah. And then the official filings were 740,000. If you were really interested in making this guy, your ace and your long-term starter, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be in good faith saying, Hey, you know what? You filed at 10, eight, we're going to give you 10, eight. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. More above average temperatures this week. Today, we'll see mostly cloudy skies, 38 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy and 37. Thursday, a really good chance we're going to pick up measurable snow, 34. Friday, cloudy and 28. And then Saturday, some sunshine in the forecast, 
30 degrees. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Don't forget, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be stepping to the microphone with us before we end up today. And I'm glad he's along. Markets are lower this morning, in part because China announced their gross domestic product growth was just about 3%, so far below what uh, market expectations had been. We'll find out more from what John's got to say in just a little bit. So today is the 17th day of January. A couple interesting tidbits for the state of Wisconsin. On this day in 1900, female employees of the Monterey Mill, which was affiliated with Janesville Cotton Mills, went on strike. The women said that they were doing piecework and earning only $40 a month. The company said that the women should be grateful because they were getting paid more than other employees at local cotton mills, as well as some men with families. Well, the women argued that their monthly pay ended up only averaging $20. Within three days, all of the women that wanted to go on strike were hired to work at a tobacco warehouse. There you go. One side of agriculture fighting for the efforts of the other. That was on this day back in 1900. On this day in 1943, Nassau astronaut Daniel Brandenstein was born in Watertown. He graduated from Watertown High School. Uh, Ultimately, he logged over 789 hours in space from April of 1987 through September 1982. He was the chief of the astronaut office. I remember I got a chance to interview him when I was a student at UW-River Falls. Happy birthday to astronaut Daniel C. Brandenstein from Watertown, born on this day in 1943. And speaking of happy birthdays, happy birthday to actor-comedian Jim Carrey. He is 61 years young. Way to go. All right, so let's talk a little bit more. I'm hoping that I'm going to see a lot of you folks beginning tomorrow for the annual 2023 Dairy Strong Conference. Stephanie Hoff joins us now with more details on what you can look forward to. The dairy industry is getting together January 18th and 19th in Madison for the annual Dairy Strong Conference put on by the Dairy Business Association. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Not only will you get a chance to network with each other and learn how to lead your dairy operation into the future, but you'll also find the Midwest Farm Report team there with microphones in hand. Farm Director Pam Yonke and myself will be emceeing the innovation stage throughout the day on Wednesday, but that's not all you can look forward to on January 18th and 19th at the Monona Terrace in Madison. Tim Trotter is the CEO of Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative and the Dairy Business Association. He describes what we'll all be walking into. Well, we're walking into really our theme this year is um, local presence, global reach. Understanding that dairy begins on the farm, but when we think about the impact we have globally, it's just amazing. And so what we're going to want to do with Dairy Strong is really connect the dots, starting at the farm all the way to the global perspectives. So when we think about that, boots on the ground here locally to a global reach that the dairy industry has, what are those big topics then that you'll be addressing? First of all, when we think local, we think we want farmers to get more engaged in their local politics, their local county offices, you know, township offices, getting farmers more involved in policy at the local level. 
We have seen throughout the state where we have really robust farmer input at the local level. We have very sensible and very practical uh, policies. When we have less farmers involved, that's where we get uh, some things that are not very helpful for agriculture. So we really want farmers to get involved at the local level. Um, and, and again, we'll have tracks to really help farmers understand how they can get involved and what that journey might look like. And then when we look at the global aspect is how, do we, how are we going to be competitive in the global marketplace? We'll have uh, some speakers, some keynote speakers uh, like Terry Jones, who's the founder of Travelocity. Uh, he's going to really talk about how do you transform and how do you really adapt to change. And we're always adapting to change, and we're going to continually be adapting to change. And I think as farmers and as processors, as a dairy category, we have to always be leaning forward and looking for the next opportunity. Aside from the content alone and the folks that you'll have speaking on stage and in these uh, separate tracks, why else should farmers attend? Engagement is important. And and we know, and I think some of the research that we've done at DBA and EDGE, when we have farmers and processors in the total category of dairy working together and coming together and talking about these issues, we're going to have better outcomes. So I think engagement is number one for us, bringing all those like minds together and talk about opportunities for the future. That's very, very important, more than ever before. Because when you think about it, dairy farms today in the state of Wisconsin or throughout the Midwest, they are global enterprises. And sometimes we we maybe not think that way, but we really are. We're, low, we're global business people, and we need to really make sure we spend the time working together to come up with sensible policies and discuss opportunities. And I think that's the biggest that's the biggest opportunity Dairy Strong brings to to the Midwest. Is there a particular speaker or track that you are excited to attend? What is your agenda going to look like? Wow. You know, for me to pick, it would be hard to do because I had, I had a hand in some of this. So the biggest, one of the, one of the panels that we're going to have is having some uh, leading dairymen and women coming together to talk about what is dairy going to look like 10 years from now. I think taking a futuristic look at how we need to adapt from, from the dairy farm globally, I think is going to be an exciting topic. But again, all of the tracks, we have a track just on sustainability. And for those who probably may not remember, but, you know, Edge is one of the recipients of the sustainability climate change grants. So we're going to be talking about how can farmers on-ramp into a sustainability project with the outcome of getting some more revenue to farmers. There's so many different topics, but they're all geared to outcomes. You know, what can we do on our farm to change and adapt to bring better revenue and better opportunities for our farms? How many people are you expecting? Around 600. I mean, we're, we're um, again, you know, a lot of it depends on what the weather's like, but I mean, we're, we're expecting a good turnout. Um, you know, some of the other industry meetings that I've been to here in the last six months, they're starting to see increased people coming back. You know, obviously, after the pandemic, there was there was some really up, up and down numbers for, but Dairy Strong has, you know, performed really well last year, and we're expecting a good crowd this year as well. Is the trade show full? We still have a few. We have a few spots left. Um, again, we have limited space uh, at Monona Terrace, but we're going to have a good good exhibitors. Uh, we have a lot of experiences that will happen within the, the trade show where there's going to be actually places where you can just sit around and lounge, virtual coffee shops. The trade show is really set up for networking and being able to have really strong conversations with vendors, with sponsors, and with farmer-to-farmer exchange. Oh, yeah. It's not all business. Plenty of time to network, you know, during the lunches, the wine tasting, the cheese reception, uh, a lot of fun going on along with the business. 
But Tim, I oh, you bet. <laughs> I do want to ask you about some of the additional business that'll be conducted at Dairy Strong. Well, actually, all three boards, uh, the Dairy Business Association, Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, and FSF, all, all three of them will have their annual meetings. That's where they you know, talk about the vision of where we're going in the future and also elect their boards of directors. So that's a, that's a process for members only for each of the organizations. But we're very pleased that they're all going to meet during Dairy Strong, and that's, that's really cool because they can all come together. And, again, we're all in this boat together, so it's really nice when we can sit down and, and discuss the future and, and where the potential roles for each organization will be uh, and really taking a look to the future. The annual Dairy Strong Conference will be January 18th and 19th at the Monona Terrace in Madison. Dairy Business Association CEO Tim Trotter says the sponsors list is bigger than it was last year and registration numbers are already coming in strong. You can visit dairyforward.com slash dairystrong for more information and to register. Don't forget to say hi to the Midwest Farm Report team while you're there. I'm Stephanie Hoff. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. Talking with John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing next. Markets after a three-day weekend are back and a little bit weak. It's the global economy that everybody's talking about this morning. We'll find out more from John in just a moment. Right now, December corn's down a nickel at 594. November soybeans are down 11 at 1382. July wheat's down 14 cents, 739 a bushel. February milk, also a penny lower, currently at 1858. March milk, though, that's six cents stronger at 1835 a hundredweight. So like I said, let's not uh, go without further ado. Our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, joining us next to tell you what's going on when it comes to our agricultural marketplace. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When you need accurate insights to make informed decisions on your dairy, you need Affy Milk. With Affy Milk, you can know what's happening with your cows, when there's a problem, and when used with Affy Farm herd management software, they can even help identify what the problem is, which helps you manage it quicker. From analyzing components to finding sick cows, rely on Affy Milk solutions to help you increase performance and profitability. Learn more at affymilk.com. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. 
Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. I've had people correct me. It's not just about riding around on that first date on a tractor. It could have been a pickup truck. You get the drift. And we're hoping to get the drift on what's happening with our markets on a Tuesday morning. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us uh, this morning. And let's jump right to it. First of all, I was talking about China's GDP not performing the way that the market had initially expected. John, we also should go back to last week's USDA. I don't know if it was World Ag Supply Demand Report. All I know is everybody was abuzz about discrepancies specifically in the corn market. What was that all about? Yeah, in typical USDA report fashion, we always find some way to get some surprises in there. And one that really came out in this last report was a 1.6 million acre drop in harvested corn acres and reflecting some of the issues that were in the West in terms of uh, basically zeroed out or corn chop for silage and you know lost production there. So that even with the strong demand cuts, the USDA took 185 million bushels off of basically or corn demand. You know, we still kept carryouts slightly lower than last month, and the market was expecting that carryover number to get a little bit bigger. So that was the surprise that really kind of gave the market a little bit of a shot, maybe gave opportunities for producers to get some more pricing in here. You know, but again, it's kind of one of those friendly, not friendly type reports because that demand destruction is still going to be a longer term concern. You know, now I'm kind of keeping an eye on the weather. Who's picking up moisture? California obviously has been in the center of attention, but the Plain States as well, John. I mean, is this one of those years where we may be able to or should be encouraged to take advantage of some of these new crop prices before we get close to the planter? I think producers need to stay active in that market right now. I mean, you have to assume normal weather. We are seeing that growing supplies internationally with that South American crop, at least the Brazil crop coming on, you know, coming online here later this spring. And, you know, so if there's opportunities out there to make sure you're at least protecting some of those margins with the cost of fertilizers and the other inputs involved, that if there's something on a little meat on the bone, you got to make sure you protect that there. It's going to be one of those years that we got to make sure we keep some price flexibility in front of us protect the floor, find a way to keep the upside open. Because again, obviously we have to assume normal weather here in the United States to start with, but things can change very, very quickly. You know, we still have a lot of areas of acreage and drought, even though we are picking up some moisture, is it going to be enough to help us recover? And we just don't know how the summer is going to run, but things are obviously changing with that change in the weather forecast out there in California. That's changing the airflows. We're going from La Nina to El Nino. Uh, it feels like at least in terms of some of the weather models. So that's going to change maybe some opportunities for moisture here across the Midwest this next next growing season. Let's uh, pivot for just a minute and get back to that China GDP at 3%. And then all, the other headline this morning out of China, that their population did not grow. Uh, it, you know, it, it just begs the question, are all of a sudden we going to get excited about, oh my goodness, India, 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 let's run to India because they're supposed to be the next big uh, population powerhouse. 
Very much so. And again, that area, that region of the world, too, just growing in population overall. I mean, the Chinese GDP data is what's given us our weakness on the overnight. You know, when they come in at a 2.9% for the fourth quarter, you know, 3% for the year, you know, that's significantly lower than the market was, you know, has seen in the past and below what the market was actually even anticipating, just reflecting the COVID issues, the economic issues. You know, there's been a lot of things just brewing in, the, in China here for a while. And, you know, we're starting to continue to see those things shake out. You know, India is going to be a factor down the road. Uh, they may be the next major player in this market when you're talking a billion people in population, the need for food there uh, in that regard. Uh, haven't quite become that person, that group yet that we've needed on the export side or the global demand side, but they're definitely a factor out there. And again, continuing to make sure we're feeding people is going to be a key. And, uh, you know, agriculture still got to come through. Those Ukraine bushels aren't coming back to the full capability. So there's still some, some support in this market just because of all the global issues that are still out there in grain production. Let's talk about the global issue with, uh, as you alluded to earlier, uh, Brazil and Argentina. What's the situation down there right now? Well, Argentina is still in the midst of a fairly strong drought. They've been picking up a little bit of rain here and there, but we're looking at a drought that could be matching about a 60-year window in terms of some damage. We've seen crops numbers come down fairly aggressively by the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange. And again, that's been helping out the soybean market. We're actually been seeing Argentina step into the Brazil market to find supplies for their soybeans, for their crush situation, so they can meet that global demand. And one little wrinkle that's been in the bean market lately here is central Brazil is actually extremely wet, and they are behind pace on this early harvest so those bushels aren't getting to the ports and we've seen a little bit more export activity pick up last week as china was looking for beans now and they went to u.s supplies versus those brazilian supplies they had locked in so that's been giving this market some support it does just push the pile down the road a little bit longer but at least maybe in the initial end it gives us some opportunity for some good marketing prices how is the crush situation going there was just a story this morning about the oil need for food processing and that of course in include soy. Yeah, that's going to be a story to watch as the year goes. I mean, I know just Shell Rock Plant in Iowa just got rolling here, and they're doing, taking 40 million bushels a year in terms of crush capacity. You know, that's about 800,000 acres if you do it at 50 bushels per acre uh, in terms of demand in central Iowa. And we've got more of that coming online. You know, our focus might shift away from the export side. It's still going to be a big key there, but our domestic crush, because of that biodiesel component, is going to be a factor that's going to keep the soybean market at least supported you know, it's kind of very similar to when we shifted over to the strong ethanol demand uh, in the corn market, just providing a floor of, glo- of domestic demand underneath prices. John's going to be a featured guest speaker next week at the UW Ag Outlook Forum. Uh, so looking forward to catching you there. And if people want to get a hold of you now, how can they do that, John? Love chat with them anytime. Give me a call, 800-334-9779. Shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. And don't forget that website of ours, totalfarmmarketing.com. Excellent, buddy. Well, we'll catch up with you next Tuesday morning, and then we'll follow up with you at the UW Ag Outlook Forum, all right? Sounds good. Have a great week. Excellent. John Heinberg joining us on an early Tuesday morning to let us know what's happening with the marketplace. Again, as he said, not only is he available for personal conversations and email exchanges, but he is a special keynote speaker next week during the UW Ag Outlook Forum. That's next Tuesday at uh, the uh, Varsity Club on the South Union uh, building. Make sure that you check it out online if you want. Still can get registered. We'd love to see you there. I'll be acting as your MC. All right. All out of time for a Tuesday morning. Back with you tomorrow morning. We're getting put out to pasture for today. 